Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome to the show, episode 124. Today, we're going to be talking about how to run recruiting campaigns on your team. So we've got another really good action-packed strategy episode for you. I think you guys are going to really love this. But hey, I hope you're having a great week. Uh, This episode will be getting published the week of Thanksgiving on uh, just a couple of days before. So want to just be one of the first people to wish you happy Thanksgiving. I know this is a usually a somewhat crazy week for people that host Thanksgiving. A lot of traveling that happens and Shannon and I are hosting Thanksgiving for the first time ever, so we're pretty excited about that. We've got the family coming over, and no, we are not cooking. She asked me, she said, should we cook? And I looked at her like she was crazy. I said, are you crazy? I said, we are not cooking. Well, I wouldn't cook anyway, but I know how stressful it would be for her to cook. And I said, no, we are catering. So Whole Foods will be providing our Thanksgiving dinner this year, and we will have a much less stressful day, but we are hosting and it's kind of cool, right? Traditions. This is the first time we've done this and it'll be nice to know that uh, in years to come as our boys get older, we'll be able to continue to do this. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I hope you have some great times with your family as well. Before I get into the content this week, I want to actually share a review. As you know, I've issued a challenge to all of you and you've responded amazingly well that if you've been listening to the show and you've gotten some value out of it, to just take a minute or two and leave me a review inside of iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to the show. I, we're up to almost 750 now, and I want to challenge you. If we can get to 1,000 reviews, I'm going to do something really special for you guys, okay? We get to 1,000 reviews, I'm going to create something really, really special and give it just to you, our podcast listeners. So, If you have a couple of minutes and you do that, that would be amazing. But the listener of the week this week comes in from Aussie in Chicago. Love the name there. But here's what she said. She said, I've been with you since nearly the beginning. You are my favorite trainer by far. Everything you say I put into action really does work. I always refer you to my team. The Legacy Leadership Group is something that every network marketer should be a part of. Thank you for all your passion, education, and honesty. Sorry it's taken me so long to write this review. Well, Aussie in Chicago, thank you for writing the review. Better late than never. Thanks for your support. And thank you to everybody else that's taken the time to do it. So, hey, look, let's get that sucker over a thousand. Reviews are, you know, reviews are important to podcasts because the more reviews that podcasts get, the more visibility they get to other people searching for the show. So if you just take a couple of minutes and do that, it helps us spread the mission and the message that we're looking to get out there. So. Thanks to all of you that have taken the time already. Let's get into the episode. So this week, we're going to be talking about recruiting campaigns. Recruiting campaigns are a very powerful tool that you can use as a leader to help motivate your team to take more action and talk to more prospects. And this is a time of the year where you really want people doing that. We've got Black Friday coming up this week. And Hopefully, you've had a chance to listen to the Black Friday episode that we did last episode. I heard tons of you reached out and said how much value you got out of that. So I gave you those strategies, and now you've got this new strategy of recruiting campaigns 
that if you really sit down and plan out the rest of this year, you guys can crush it putting some of these things into use. But why is it important to get your team into action? Well, obviously, the more people they talk to, the better results that you're going to get over time. But why I love recruiting campaigns so much is they help you combat two obstacles that most of the people on your team face every day. These two things are the biggest enemies of their success that's keeping them from what they want. And those two things are fear and overwhelm. Look, most of the people that are on your team that are struggling, I can almost guarantee you it's because they're not taking consistent action. Now, it's possible that somebody keeps taking the actions and doesn't get the results, but I would argue eventually, if you just keep doing it, you're going to stumble into somebody or you're going to do it long enough to get better. Most of the people that are stuck, it's because they're not doing what they know they need to do. And a big reason why they're not doing it is because they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say. They're afraid of reaching out and sounding stupid or somebody telling them no because they're going to do it wrong. Or they might not know where to start, right? They're confused and they lack clarity. They're consuming this training all the time and they're getting these mixed messages and all of it is just making them feel more overwhelmed. And when somebody feels overwhelmed, they shut down and they do nothing. As a network marketing leader, it's really critical that you understand the psychology of the people that are on your team, right? You need to really get why they don't have the results they want. Because if you understand this conversation I'm having with you, what you also realize is that you are in the fear and overwhelm management business as a network marketing leader. Your job is to help your team get past their fears and eliminate overwhelm by giving them the clear plan of taking action. Look, overwhelm is not having too many things to do. It's not knowing where to start. And what seems obvious to you is not so obvious to other people. This is where you have to come in as a leader. And this is also why I love recruiting campaigns so much because they're one of the best strategies that I know to help your team get past those two obstacles to their success. Now, let's talk about what are they. So in its simplest form, a recruiting campaign is when you choose a specific subset of prospects that your entire team focuses on for a set period of time. Now, I call them a recruiting campaign, but understand you could use these for product sales or team building. Doesn't really matter what it is that you're leading with, but the concept is still the same. But the focus is this. It's you as a leader identifying and uncovering prospects that you think would be great for your business. If you have a healthcare product, then maybe you want to target nurses or you want to target personal trainers. But you identify a segment of people that you know would be predisposed to be good prospects. And then what you do is you build out a campaign teaching your team exactly what to do and say in order to effectively sell or recruit to those people. So some examples of campaigns that I've run in my career, we used to do this all the time on my team. You know, at least once a quarter, we would run some sort of new campaign. But here are some examples of people you could target. You could target teachers. You could target nurses. You could target real estate agents, traditional business owners, personal trainers, hairstylists, pharmaceutical or medical salespeople, retail managers, right? There's an endless list. It goes on and on and on. You could do Uber or Lyft drivers. It doesn't matter what it is, you just want to pick a specific target and have your team get clear on that grouping of people for a short specified period of time. 
Now, here's the key, though, to making this work. You can't just say, hey, we're going to go target real estate agents, go do it. You've got to actually build out a case, an argument for why this group of people would be a great prospect. And you have to sell your team on the value of connecting with them. You got to sell them on the value of of focusing on these people. You got to get them excited about the possibility of reaching out and connecting with them. This is part of what's going to help them get over their fear of reaching out. Here's a great scenario. Let's say that it's May, June, and you want to run a recruiting campaign around teachers. And your argument is, look, summer's coming. Teachers have off, most of them. And they've got some extra additional time potentially to do something like this on the side. So for the entire month of May, you have your team focus their efforts on reaching out to any teachers they know or starting to network and say, hey, who do you know that's a teacher trying to find additional prospects? Now, to implement these properly, though, there are some components, there are some things that you must think about beforehand. There are three things that I want you to get clear on. When you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, I'm going to identify a segment of people, and now I want to start mapping out and planning how I'm going to present this to my team, I want you to think about three things. Number one, why do you think they would be great prospects? So handle the argument. Now, in the back of your mind, what you want to understand is that a lot of times the people that are on your team, they're probably prejudging some of these people thinking, well, why would they be interested? A traditional business owner, why would they be interested? They're already successful. They're busy. Now, in the back of your mind, you know that they would be a great prospect because you know that a lot of times people aren't successful because they target the wrong people. They focus on the wrong people. So you got to build out that argument. Why? Second thing is how. How do you find them? Don't just assume that they know where to find them or how to network. Give them the specific directions on how to do that, whether it's through their own network, reaching out and connecting with people, or networking through their contacts. And then the third thing is what? What to say? You've got to give them exact language and scripts and an approach so that they have the confidence to know that if all they do is implement this simple approach, that that's going to give them the best chances to have success. And here's the cool thing. When you do these campaigns with your team or a group of people, you're going to find that the people on your team are way more likely to actually follow through and do the work because they're doing it together with another group, which will incentivize them and make them more likely to follow through and do the work. So when you're teaching them exactly what to do and say, it's going to give them the confidence and it's going to give them that clear plan. So let me give you some examples. Let me run through some examples here to kind of help you to get a better grasp on how these work. Let's take first real estate agents. So let's say that you believe that real estate agents would be great prospects. And I'll tell you that oftentimes they are. Here's why. And I'm going to build the case to you just like you would with your team. Real estate agents are self-motivated because they're commission-based. So if they don't do work, they don't make money, right? So that means that If they're making money, they're a self-starter. They don't need to be motivated because they have to do that on their own. Real estate agents are very well connected in the community and they know a lot of people. Now, most likely if somebody got into real estate, it's probably because they don't want to be sitting behind a desk working a nine to five. So they enjoy the freedom to kind of create their own schedule. But at the same time, if they're a really good real estate agent, They are probably working all the time. They are showing houses, night, weekends. I mean, they're on call to their clients. 
right? So that's a potential pain point for them. Now, what do we know we have to offer them? Well, you know that you have a vehicle that you could offer a real estate agent that would allow them to do a couple of things. Number one, leverage their talents and abilities to create passive residual income. Now, the income they're earning, right, is commission-based. So it's like feast or famine. They have really good months, and then they go several months without selling a house. That creates a lot of stress. What if they could leverage their ability in a vehicle that could create a consistent stream of income that even if they're not working, that money is still coming in every month? That's very attractive to people that go through those ebbs and flows of commission. And also, at some point, if they're really self-motivated, and if they really see the big picture here, they could have money and time freedom at the same time. Here's one thing I know, a real estate agent, they could make a lot of money. They will never have time freedom. They will never have time freedom just trading dollars for hours selling houses. Network marketing gives them the ability to leverage their time and create that for themselves. So what you want to do is you want to really start thinking through this part. Like this is what you do when you build out the case. So that when I say, go talk to real estate agents and your team's like, oh, why would I do that? And you're like, look, here's why. So you're selling them on the fact that here's why they would be great prospects. Because you'll find that people will have a tendency to prejudge. People will have a tendency, a lot of the people on your team, if somebody they know is successful, they won't think of them for their business because they haven't yet made that connection of what are the benefits that you could offer somebody that's already successful. You've got to teach your team how to think when it comes to prospecting. That's an important part of this. Here's another example, nurses. Now, a lot of people think, well, why would a nurse be interested in network marketing? Well, nurses make great prospects because a lot of them are attracted to what they do because they love helping other people. They have servant hearts. They want to see other people do well, and they love being playing a part in that. But oftentimes, you know, I know some nurses, they work crazy hours, right? They work, they work a lot of hours to make the money that they want. They're not always paid what they're worth. And there's a lot of nonsense going on with healthcare now, and it's making their jobs less enjoyable to them. And then think about what we do. What other profession allows you to help people and get paid the way that network marketing does? Look, I would argue the more people you can help transform their lives through your products and through your business, the more money you make. So you actually can create time and financial freedom for yourself by doing the thing that is driving you the most to become a nurse in the first place. So those will be some good talking points. Let's talk about traditional business owners. In my network marketing businesses, we used to target these people all the time. I had so many ultra successful business owners on my network marketing team. And a lot of people typically wouldn't think of this group of people. But let me present the argument why traditional business owners are great targets. Number one, they have an entrepreneurial mindset. You don't have to get them to understand the importance of working for themselves. You don't have to get them to overcome the objection, can I do that? They're already doing it. So that means they're usually hardworking. They're committed people. They understand the importance of building something for themselves and their family. But you have to understand their pain points. Their pain points are they're very busy usually. If you own a traditional business, oftentimes what happens is your business owns you more than you own your business. That's language that resonates with traditional business owners. And all of the things that make a traditional business stressful and dangerous are all of the benefits that network marketing offers. Network marketing gives someone the ability, like I talked about earlier, an ability to create passive residual income. But here's the key. Most business owners, they may or may not have passive income. Most don't. But here's the big thing. 
network marketing gives you the ability to enjoy all the benefits of a business without any of the headaches or overhead that it takes to run a business. There's no employees to pay. There's no rent. All of their product manufacturing and shipping and customer service and back office accounting, it's all handled by the company. We don't have to deal with any of those pain points. There are systems in place for marketing and distribution. There's training and support that you offer them. Look, you want to know the way you learn in traditional business what to do? You lose money. You try something, you fail, you lose money, and you say, I'm never going to do that again. In network marketing, most companies have systems for training that will help you avoid the pitfalls. Look, if I own a retail store, that my competitor down the street is not coming down and knocking on my door and said, hey, just wanted to give you some words of advice to make sure you don't make the mistakes that I did. No, he wants me to make the mistakes because he doesn't want me to be in business anymore. This doesn't exist in a network marketing opportunity. Traditional business owners are also well-connected in their community, and they know people, and if they're successful, they're respected. And all of this stuff is important when it comes to prospecting. So that's why I think traditional business owners make great prospects, but I promise you, a lot of the people on your team they are not thinking this way when it comes to this segment of people. Medical or pharmaceutical reps. This is the world that I came from. I spent seven years in medical sales. Now, during that time, I earned a very nice six-figure income, and I had the quote-unquote perfect job in all of my friends' eyes. From the outside looking in, it would be easy for someone to think that I would never be interested in network marketing, but here's what they didn't know, that I was secretly stressing out all the time. I had a great job, but each and every year, I was having to work harder and harder just to make the same money. My company was making it more difficult by changing comp plans and reducing my territory size. Insurance coverages were changing every year, and customers that I had that were some of my best customers, I lost because insurance wouldn't pay for our tests anymore. And I used to also teach people this, and this is what I want you to realize about anyone that is a high income earning employee, someone else signs their check, here's the problem. They have a target on their back. And I used to joke around and say this when I was in network marketing, but it's true. If you make a lot of money working for someone else, there's a good chance that there are people sitting in a meeting right now talking about you. And you wanna know what they're saying? Do we really need to pay this person this much money or is there a way we could fire them and hire someone else for a third of the price? And that was exactly what happened to me in 2012. This great job that I had for six years, my company went through three rounds of layoffs, downsizing the sales force, and I narrowly escaped each one of them. And the turning point for me, a breakthrough, a conversation that changed my life, and I didn't know it at the time, was this. I remember before the third round of layoffs, my boss, who was a good friend of mine, Steve, my boss, Steve, called me up on the phone. And he always used to give us a heads up and say, look, I just want to let you know, I want you to hear it from me that we're, this is happening again. And basically what he said was, you're going to get a phone call tomorrow. Now, imagine going through this three different times in a year. You're going to get a phone call tomorrow. It's either going to be from me telling you you still have a job or it's going to be from HR giving you instructions on how to turn in all your stuff and telling you you don't have a job anymore. If you can imagine the stress that that would put somebody through, but, but here's the thing. I was at the time, I was like a 35-year-old guy, single. 
if I would have lost my job at that point, it would have stung, but I would have gotten back up on my feet and I would have been okay. But here's where this became a defining moment for me. I remember asking Steve and I said, like, you're fine, right, Steve? I mean, Steve was the number one manager in the whole company. And I was like, you're fine, right? And there was this moment of silence. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said in this really somber tone, he said, you know, I'm not sure. And I remember thinking in that moment, it's interesting, people say you can't predict your future. Well, I would argue that that's not true because I was actually in that moment staring my future right in the eyes. Because this was the path that I wanted to be on, right? Be a great salesperson, go into management, have a secure job. That was Steve's life. He had children. He was almost 50 years old. If Steve lost his job, he was going to be in a much different place. And I remember in that moment, I survived that layoff and Steve did as well. But I remember saying to myself, that will never happen to me again. I will never be at the mercy of someone else's decision in an office, the 20th floor of an office, pushing a pencil saying, do we really need this person? And what I'm so thankful for is that someone I knew cared enough about me, even though a lot of other people probably thought, why would he want to do it? They cared enough about me to reach out to me and say, hey, would you be interested? And it happened right around the same time. And when I saw this, I saw an opportunity for me to build something for myself, to get paid what I was worth, to not have a cap on my earnings like corporate America was doing for me. So I'm sharing that story with you because I want to try to inspire some of you that you got to start talking to some different people. There are people out there that from the outside looking in, they look like they got it all. But I'm telling you, behind closed doors, they are leading lives of quiet desperation. And you will never know it unless you present something to them that could be a solution to those problems. Let me go through the steps. Let me go through the steps of how you break this down and how you set these campaigns up. Step number one is you got to identify the segment of people. So hopefully I've given you some ideas, but I want you to brainstorm, come up with some other ideas. Step number two is you got to come up with the approach, what to say. You got to come up with the scripts and the language. And most importantly, you want to identify the key messaging points. And part of this, a big part of this, is you have to anticipate the objections that could potentially come up ahead of time to prepare your team. Let me give you some examples. I'm going to go back to the ones that I used earlier. So let's use real estate agents again. So what do we know about real estate agents? When we talk about building out the talking points, we know they have inconsistent income. It's feast or famine. So a talking point that you could share with a real estate agent, have your team is say, hey, look, how about a way to supplement your income on those down months that you might have in your career so they don't sting as much or hurt as much? Build a more consistent passive stream of income to give you a little bit more financial flexibility. A talking point or a messaging point would be acknowledging the fact that network marketing is a lifestyle business. So it fits perfectly with what real estate agents do, which is having that lifestyle flexibility, meeting people all the time. Not everybody they meet is in the market to buy a house at that particular moment. But if they have something else that they could potentially use if they grow a relationship, it fits really, really well together. The other thing we have to know about real estate is we've had a really great real estate run for a long time, but things are beginning to turn. Depending on who you ask, they're telling you doomsday is coming, the winter is coming. So a lot of real estate agents are probably starting to think, you know, it might not be this great for too much longer. So being able to present them with something that could be a little bit smarter in terms of diversifying income might be great. But the objection, the key objection for real estate agents is time. 
They're already busy. If they're making money, they don't have a lot of time. So you have to make sure when you're giving your team the approach, you must be kind of using the partnering with you, right? Position it as a way like I partner with you. We work together. You're the source of contacts and together I'll help you build out the team and the passive income. Because you don't want them to think you're like asking them to work another job that's going to take them away from real estate. You want to really make sure they know that this can complement what they do without jeopardizing their current career. Let's talk about nurses. So now we know nurses love helping people, but they're not paid enough all the time. So acknowledge that, but speak to the problems. Now you wouldn't want to say, hey, I don't know if you make enough money, but you could say something like this. You could say, look, I've got, you know, I've got some other people that are in the healthcare professionals that I work with, some other nurses. And, you know, they've told me they love what they do, but you know, they don't get paid what they wish they would. And they're working a lot of crazy hours. And, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going on with healthcare. And what I hear from a lot of my colleagues is they tell me that it's taken the joy out of their job. And I don't know if, like, if you can relate to that at all or if that's the way you feel, but they have found that this thing that I'm doing has been a great kind of plan B for them. Like a conversation like that would be really, really powerful. But you also want to tell them this. Now, you know, an objection potentially for a nurse is like, I'm not a salesperson. Nurses do not consider themselves sales types. So you want to make sure that they know that this is, you're not asking them to be a salesperson. You want to let them know that the thing that they love the most about nursing which is helping other people and have and serving them are some of the highest paid skills that they can be rewarded for inside of this business. So a strategy for a nurse might be maybe lead with the product first and get them to fall in love with that. That could be the approach you take in your campaign. Or another way, and I think this would be really good for like nurses or teachers or any other professions like that, is talk about the mission and the purpose behind the work that you do. Right? Talk about your genuine heart to want to empower other women or people or whatever your thing is. Like Having those mission-driven, purpose, meaningful discussions, that would potentially attract somebody that's in that profession. So you're once again, you're just taking an hour or so and you're thinking through this. Because when you present it to your team, you need it to be clear and concise on point, one point to the other. Here's what you say. Here's how you handle this objection. Because it needs to be simple for them. So you got to do the hard work of putting it together. Teachers. Now, we know that a lot of teachers don't do what they do because they get paid a ton of money. They do it because they love what they do. They are deeply fulfilled by the work that they do because they love helping people and serving them. And they get a great sense of value out of helping other people grow and succeed in life, right? It's a very rewarding career. So, does network marketing provide you to do that? Look, I would argue at the end of the day, the most successful network marketers are less salespeople, they are more teachers. Teaching and training is one of the number one skills that you could ever have in network marketing. And, and I also would argue selling is really just training anyway. If you can educate and train people on the benefits of what you have to offer, you don't have to sell them. They sell themselves. So you would want a teacher to understand that connection because you want them thinking when it gets to the point where they say, can I do this? You want them to feel confident that their set of skills that they already have can be easily transferred into what you do with your help and support to help them have success. And once again, teachers are great to run those campaigns right before summer because you know that they'll be more open potentially to looking at something else. For traditional business owners, here's a creative idea given the time of year it is. We've got the holiday season coming up. So if you have any kind of a traditional business, maybe you can position a potential partnership with them to help market and sell your products. 
right? If you're in a hair care company, maybe you approach salon owner as a way to partner up around that time of the year or any type of a retail establishment, right? So think creatively. Could you run a campaign around traditional business owners and come up with a way to talk to them to present a partnership around the holiday season? That could be a really fun thing for you to do. Look, there's really no limit. The only limit here is your own creativity. You could do a campaign around your current and past customers. And that campaign could be about upselling them additional products or having a conversation with them around potentially becoming a consultant. You could do a campaign around inactive team members. So having people go through their downline and and put together a conversation and some talking points to try to get people that are no longer active back plugged in and excited, right? You could do a campaign around people that have already told you no. Come up with specific language and make an argument about it's never no, it's not now, it's timing, situations change. Here's what we're going to do and here's what we're going to say. The third and the final step is you got to roll it out. You got to choose a specific time to start. So what day do we start? You got to choose a length of time and you got to roll it out to your team. So how long you do these four is up to you. I would never recommend doing more than 30 days. I think 30 days is even too long. Because the reality is, is if you're targeting teachers, how many teachers do people know? So I think the best would be seven to 14 days. So it's a short burst of activity, focused action. And what I would do is I would spend the time putting it together and getting ready. And I would kick it off with a big Zoom presentation. I would do a live Zoom. I would hype it up to your team, really get them excited, promote this as a big deal. We've got this campaign we're going to be running. You guys are going to love it when you're promoting it to them sell them on the transformation. Say, we've put together something as a leadership group that's going to help you overcome your fear of reaching out. Have more confidence in what to do and say, but most importantly, we're going to do this together and we're going to help you get some new recruits, some new customers, right? Paint the picture of what's going to happen if they participate and then present the campaign to them. If you want to put together a little PowerPoint and just walk them through, Put together a document, one to two pages with the language and the talking points that you could send out to them. And if you're going to do it over seven days, 14 days, do it in your team Facebook group or however you want to. Make it fun. Come up with prizes. Have it be exciting. And one last thing I'll share with you is this. One of my favorite tools to use to go along with these recruiting campaigns is something called Power Hours. And all Power Hours are, we just taught this inside of my Legacy Leadership Academy to our students last month. All power hours are, are a dedicated one hour block of time when everybody gets on a Zoom together. It's a working session, so there's no talking or communicating. It's you set the intention. You say, look, remember the campaigns on traditional business owners. You've got your list of people. Hopefully you have your sheet. Just a reminder, here's what we're going to do and say for the next 20 minutes, do it. Reach out, connect with them. If you need me, send me a message in chat. If you have a question, I can answer your question. If you need a three-way group chat, I'm here for you. You actually carve out the time for them to make sure that they follow through and do it. So power hours could be a great thing for you to run multiple times during your recruiting campaign. So look, I hope you got some value out of this. And I also think that this was a cool episode because just like I tell you to build the argument for why different types of people would be good prospects, hopefully I did that for you on some level. Maybe I open your mind to say, you know, I know a couple of pharmaceutical sales reps or traditional business owners, and I haven't thought about them yet for my business. So even if you don't have a team that you can run a campaign with, hopefully I've given you some inspiration for some new people you could reach out to and connect to in your business. So 
As always, everybody, thank you so much for being here. I love you, appreciate you. And hey, one quick reminder, Project 1000, let's get it. We're up to like 750. If you've been getting some value out of the episode, just take a minute, leave me a review. Even, you don't even have to write anything, just give me the stars, but I would really appreciate it if you took some time to do that. So as always, have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Good luck this Black Friday. I know you're gonna crush it with all the resources that I gave you. I'll see you soon next week.